0: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans You're listening to Locked on Mets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets. On Tuesday, the Mets introduced another one of their newest players as Carlos Carrasco spoke to the media. I want to talk about that press conference. In the first half of the show, but later on in the second half, I just have to talk about this contract that Liam Hendricks just signed with the Chicago White Sox because the Mets had showed some interest in Hendricks and he got absolutely paid by Chicago. And I want to talk about how that impacts the relief pitcher market as well as the Mets' plans for the rest of this offseason. Before we get to any of that though, I'm your host Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter. At Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMorizeOnline.com. So, Carlos Carrasco spoke with the media, and my biggest takeaway, similar to what happened with Francisco Lindor the day prior, just a good dude. The Mets just traded for two really good guys. Very simple, but these are guys that are easy to root for. And I believe I mentioned on yesterday's show, I did a podcast over the weekend, a Cleveland show that wanted me to come on. And you can find that on my Twitter. I retweeted it, uh, Cleveland Tribecast. But they spoke so highly of these two players, Carrasco and Lindor, not only for what they bring on the field, but the people they are. And one of the things that just stands out with Carrasco is his work in the community. We've heard about it in the past. Uh, This is something that he had a really big reputation for out in Cleveland. But then he talked about a lot in this press conference, how important it was for him to continue his work in the community. And even when he got cancer, one of the first thoughts that came to his mind was he didn't want to stop his work in the community. And that's remarkably selfless because a lot of times when you get news like that, when you have leukemia, it'd be pretty natural to focus on you, focus on your health, focus on your family, focus on your diagnosis and the time that you have. And Carrasco still cared about the lies he could touch. And he did that. And he talks about his work with kids and everything else. And Carlos Carrasco, if nothing else, will be an incredible member of the New York community the next couple of years and really be a big part of everything the Mets do when it comes to community outreach, as Francisco Lindor will be as well. And a quick side note, if you have not seen what Francisco Lindor did for the young fan who went viral posting a video of him reacting to the news. The Mets had traded for Lindor. You know, his father had taken a video of this kid, and the kid was crying, and it was a really wholesome video. And Lindor video chatted the kid uh, after his press conference on Monday and was able to connect with him and is sending him a bunch of stuff. So it's really cool to see these two guys bring that to the Mets. Not that the Mets didn't already have that, but to bring more of it. That's always good to have a team that's likable, that's a bunch of good guys that's going out in the community, doing good things. It just makes them a easier team to root for, and it makes them a team that you know it has good karma for whatever that's worth, all right? When it comes to the product on the field, Carlos Carrasco is going to be a huge part of the Mets rotation. And again, to reference that podcast that was on, the Cleveland podcast, when I asked them about Carrasco, the first word that came to mind for them was that he's a baller that's what they said he's a baller he goes out and competes and I think that's going to be huge for the Mets to have another one of those guys that is going to go out and give them a chance to win every day and that's what Carrasco said he does in the press conference I'm going to go out and give the Mets a chance to win that's important it really is and so you see a guy in Carlos Carrasco who has gone through so much over the last couple of years and his resolve was always to continue his work in the community and to get back on the mound because of how much he loves baseball. And to me, a player like that, that's a player I don't worry about being in his 30s and in and the age and, and whatever money he's making because I think he's going to bring a ton to the table on and off the field. And I believe with that type of determination, with that love for the game, he is going to continue to pitch well through the last couple of years of this deal. And it's, again, for those of you who don't know, he has three years left that he'll be with the Mets. Uh, the third year is a vesting option, which the Mets would likely pick up at $14 million. For the next two years, he'll be getting paid 12. So this is going to be a guy that's going to be a big part of the Mets for the next couple of years here. He lines up with Jacob deGrom. The two of them at the top of the rotation are going to be here long term. David Peterson can stick around and, continue to pitch effectively. The Mets have him under control, obviously. And then the questions past this year are, you know, what's going to happen with Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, and Steven Matz. But at least now you have a couple pitchers to build around. You know, the Mets can be players and free agency and on the trade market every year. So I just look at this part of the trade, getting Carlos Carrasco, knowing you have Jacob DeGrom, and now that's a little bit more of a stable foundation moving forward as opposed to what we were looking at coming out of last year when Zach Wheeler didn't sign and Marcus Stroman was up and going to be in free agency and Noah Syndergaard had impending free agency as well. And you were looking at them like who was going to be part of this team moving forward. Now at least you know you have a couple guys that you can probably count on and we'll see what happens with Stroman and Syndergaard as they approach their free agency and what else the Mets can potentially do. But, Overall, again, Carrasco aced his press conference, too. I didn't see anything wrong with anything he said. I think Mets fans should be excited about him, be excited about Lindor, and excited to see what comes next for the Mets this offseason. One of the names brought up during this press conference was Corey Kluber as well as Trevor Bauer, as Carrasco has experience with his former teammates. I'll talk about what he said and also about the Liam Hendricks signing in just a minute. Are we ready for some football? There's another weekend of playoff football on the horizon. And if you want to get in on the action, there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust. And that's betonline.ag. You sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code locked On. you can get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. From there, you can bet on any of the NFL games this weekend, You can look at the NBA schedule, which despite some COVID cases, is continuing on for now. And then if you look at the MLB futures, you can bet on the Mets to potentially win the World Series or at least get there by winning the National League. This is the place you want to go to get in on the action. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like your mortgage or food. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same amount of parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving all parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything you could want from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and have it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and you can see all the parts available for your car or a truck. Right Locked On in there. How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So Carlos Carrasco was asked, this is actually the last question of the press conference, what he would think about the Mets signing one of his former teammates, Trevor Bauer or Corey Kluber, and bring them into the fold. And Carrasco actually said it gave him chills thinking about it, to bring one of those guys onto the Mets. And then you'd be looking at three former Indians being part of this team in Carrasco, Lindor, and either Kluber or Bauer. And let's just be honest, I don't think Bauer is very realistic at this point. After bringing on the money of Carrasco and Lindor, it just does not make a ton of sense to sign a pitcher who is looking to set a new record for the highest ever average annual value on a contract. I think he might get it if it's a really short deal, if it's a two-year deal and someone wants to just blow out the $36 million annually that Garrett Cole got last year. Maybe he gets a contract like that, but I don't think the Mets are going to sign Trevor Bauer. With that being said, Corey Kluber is an interesting option, and that kind of ties in to the news that broke on Monday night as Liam Hendricks has signed a four-year, $54 million deal with the Chicago White Sox. If you think that's a lot of money, hold the phone, because this contract gets... Even more interesting the further you dive into it. It's essentially a three-year, $39 million deal on the front end. And the fourth year is a $15 million option. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. You know, at that point, you know, he's 31 now. He'd be 35. What's that last year going to look like? Do we want to pick up that option? What's the buyout if the White Sox decide not to pick up the $15 million option? The buyout is $15 million. That's right, a $15 million team option where they can get Liam Hendricks for a fourth year or they can buy him out, spend the exact same amount of money and lose him. Why does this make any sense, you ask? It comes down to the luxury tax purposes and also an ability to spread out that money over multiple years if they decide to buy him out. So for Hendricks purposes, he's getting $54 million guaranteed. For the White Sox purposes, they have him on a number they're comfortable with Three years, $39 million over the first couple years there. And then the final year, they had the ability to get out of it as far as their luxury tax and their payroll for that fourth season. But they're going to still owe him that money, which they can pay over time. So for Hendricks, an outstanding deal I mean, by his agent to get him all that guaranteed money, to get him a fourth year that maybe might not have been out there under normal circumstances and to get it under this creative structure hats off to to their camp but if you're the Mets were you really interested in giving a guy like Hendricks all that money especially after watching how your last big time reliever signing has worked out in Jarese Familia where they gave him three for 30 and now they're about to pay 11.67 this year for a pitcher that they'd probably rather you know be able to just cut and not worry about paying him that money and have a free spot in their bullpen to add somebody else with maybe a higher ceiling. I don't think the Mets wanted to add a reliever on a long-term deal, and the reports are that they would like Brad Hand, but only on a one-year contract. And Hand is looking at what Hendricks just got, seeing that he has some fairly comparable numbers depending on the metrics you want to look at and saying, I think I want that. I want the three years, $39 million. Give me that at least. So... This makes the reliever market very interesting. And you look back at what they accomplished signing Trevor May at the start of the offseason for 15.5. And that looks like a bargain of a contract. Because you know Trevor May is not Liam Hendricks. Probably not even Brad Hand as far as what his numbers would suggest. But I look at some of the peripherals. And Trevor May has the ability to be as good as them, if not better, over the next couple of years. There's a chance. He's a guy that, to me, looks like he is just at the start of his prime. So to get Trevor May for, what, a half the cost? Even less than half the cost as a Liam Hendricks? That's an impressive deal for the Mets for an office, especially when you think about the fact that they weren't even fully established at that point. You know, this was prior to Jared Porter coming in that they made that deal, and it was a really good one. So hats off to Sandy Alderson. For getting Trevor May. But as I said. This is how Corey Kluber maybe relates. To the relief pitcher market. Because I can see a circumstance now. Where maybe the Mets are going to focus more in. On adding another starting pitcher. And if you go back to. Maybe my New Year's resolutions. I believe. I said that the Mets needed to add two more quality pitchers. Didn't have to be. Bullpen arms. Or starting pitchers. It could be either or. They needed to add two more pitchers. And. Let's be honest, they had to have at least one starter. Um, and they done that. They, they did that by adding Carlos Carrasco. They're in a really good spot now. You look at their starting rotation. It's at least three deep. And if you consider David Peterson a lock, which I do, it's four deep with guys like Steven Matz competing for that fifth spot along with Sam McWilliams and Corey Oswalt. And here is where Seth Lugo becomes interesting because if you slate Lugo back into the bullpen, which it seems like the Mets are leaning to do. Now you're looking at your bullpen additions this offseason from where you were at the end of 2020 as being both Trevor May and Seth Lugo to pair with Edwin Diaz at the back end. You still have Familia, who I've mentioned on this podcast, Dylan Batanzas and Brad Brock as veterans who you hope will give you something. You have Miguel Castro as a high upside guy that can be in your bullpen as well. And then you have more Peruvian guys like Robert Gazelman, Jerry Blevins, and whatever other other slew of minor league contracts they have signed who will be competing in that bullpen. But I think that's enough, or at least enough to start, because you can always make a trade midseason and add to your bullpen. And usually that seems like the better option than spending in free agency. I mean, how successful have the Mets been at signing free agent relievers? Certainly over the last 10 years, I think the Addison Reed and Tyler Clipper trades worked out a lot better than the Anthony Swarzak signings of the world. So maybe that's the route for the Mets is to address the starting rotation further. Maybe that is Corey Kluber, who is coming off injuries, and you won't know for sure if he's going to lock up that fifth spot, but you can probably get him fairly cheap on an incentive-based contract. Bring him in to camp to fight it out with Steven Matz. And you can also add some more guys on minor league deals or even just look at some of the other starting pitchers on the market if it's not Kluber. You have a lot of big names who are out there like Cole Hamels, John Lester, Jake Arrieta. Big names who are older but might have a little bit left in the tank that you can sign on a pretty reasonable contract, especially because you are now a team that players want to go to. So I think the Mets can be very active down the stretch here in the offseason as being a landing spot that players might want to flock to. If they aren't getting the contract they're looking for, at least you can latch on to a contender and find a role and maybe compete for a World Series. So suddenly the Mets are players in the market that way. And I think when you're looking at the relief market right now, I'm sure they love to have Brad Hand. But if he's going to make north of $10 million a year, that might not be the best allocation of resources at this point. We will just have to wait and see how that all plays out. But I definitely think the Mets are going to be cautious to be spending heavily on a relief pitcher at this point. Anyway, that'll be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. At Finkelstein Ryan and follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Mets. And if you want to get some more great coverage of the Francisco Lindor trade, why don't you check out the Locked On MLB podcast, which is hosted by the Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Sully every day on our network. He provides a unique look at the majors, both looking at the past and the present. He has great guest interviews, routine check ins on all the Locked On MLB teams, including our local experts. So make sure you check out the Locked On MLB podcast. Again, just did an episode on Francisco Lindor, So make sure you check that out. It is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast.